It's a great day for a podcast. Once again, here he is, John Oakley. This was something that was dogging me last night, this Arrive Can app. Let me start by asking, because we've seen where the Auditor General came out with a report, and we spent, she doesn't even know how much, but the guesstimate is $60 million plus, plus, plus. It was supposed to originally cost about 800000 to put together. And, you know, then they had moved the goalpost to $2.35 million. Well, here we are, all these <laughs> years later, during the heidi days of the pandemic, this was something that was considered necessary. And a lot of people might have begged to differ because there weren't a lot of folks traveling anyway. But when you came back into the country, you had to have... It's like the kiosks you see out at Pearson, right? You fill out a lot of this stuff online, and therefore you can expedite entry rather than having to bog down with some border control guy who's uh, asking you the questions. You're bringing any hooch into the country, how much cigars or tobacco and, you know, animals. What Anyway, so you do it all online. This Arrive Can app would just update your vaccination status. Now, <laughs> I'm kind of curious because... Maybe, uh, you know, everybody fills these things out dutifully and check, get on your way, you go to baggage claim. It's not always that simple when it just comes to contemporary travel. A buddy of mine was telling me that he's had issues at the border ever since he got into a heated discussion with a border service agent. <laughs> no, And so, you know, what's happened, he's basically now condemned himself in perpetuity that he's going to get, he gets flagged every time they take him out of the lineup. He was telling me it's embarrassing. Uh, when he was trying to get on a plane in Miami, they actually took him aside in front of everybody that's waiting in the lineup. Yeah. And he says, you look like you're a criminal, a de facto, some kind of ne'er-do-well scofflaw. And so, you know, his wife in tow, and she's, you know, just kind of collateral damage in all of this. Good was, luck getting off that list. Well, you almost miss your plane. You almost miss your flight, and they don't care. They don't care because they wield the ultimate in power. And so this is why I'm saying if you've ever had any kind of an incident where you've been flagged or, well, for whatever reason, you might not even know the reason that they pulled you aside. They might just be working on the assumption that, hey, uh, you know, you're the 30th passenger through, and we haven't pulled anybody aside. Now's a good time. So, Granny, get over here, uh, you know, and... They conduct a strip search on Granny in a back room. I'm I'm frequently surprised by how often I don't get pulled in to some kind of secondary questioning. Maybe it's like nobody that shifty could actually be up to something. No, you know what it is, uh, and I I want to be very diplomatic in saying this. There's nobody on that staff that wants to conduct a strip search of Michael Downey. <laughs> so, you know, there aren't enough rubber gloves in their retinue. Yeah, they paid a lot more attention to me since they got the machine that you step in and it does the uh, the scan. Oh, yeah. Well, that's basically every third traveler gets that. Or maybe sometimes, depending on the flow of traffic there at the airport, everybody has to go through that. Yeah, I went, I went, the last time I went through it, it's like there are two, you know, they, they, they said, sir, there's two problem areas here, uh, your face and your crotch. I'm like, you sound like my ex-wife. Oh, look at you. I can't believe he actually came up with that. All right. <laughs> okay. And they pulled you aside. And the uh, ex-wife actually conducted the search. <laughs> anyway, uh, boy, that would be a nice one. Uh, anywho, so let's find out. This is where I'm really, really curious when it comes to being flagged by the Border Service people. You know, whether it's American uh, Border Service or coming back into this country. 
You know, especially if maybe they've got you on some kind of contraband that you've been moving through that you didn't declare, <laughs> you know, on a previous. No, if you haven't declared something previously, and this might go back five, seven years, there's a, a big asterisk. You ever <laughs> been to a Turkish prison? That's right. And then you've really got an asterisk. Uh, anyway, this is the point I'm making here. Uh, people have been flagged for no good reason, but others for a very good reason. And they may... S- make it sound like it's very trivial in hindsight. (laughs) There again, you know, that strip search thing comes to mind. Uh, But here's where I wanted to ask as a lead question, it kind of dovetails with the arrive can thing where it supposedly cleared you to go and uh, there was no fuss, no harm, no foul. But now I don't know why it is, but some people are being taken up, taken aside and screened further. And have you had that happen to you? And can you pin down the reason for it? Why are you drawing the suspicion of the border service agents? Hey, Tim, your turn. Good afternoon. <laughs> Good day for talk radio, Johnny. Yes, sir. Um, so every time I've ever been through land or air border, I get secondary checked. And I have a small criminal record. It's not serious, but the first time I went through... I didn't lie. I was honest. I said, yes, I have a criminal record. They couldn't find it. So they kind of searched and searched and searched. I sat and waited. took a while. Then they started asking me, okay, well, when was it? What was it? What was the, you know, thing? So I told them they finally ended up finding it. This happened another time. So it's happened through air and land. So um, I just stopped telling them the truth. And they've never stop me from going over the border. <laughs> I just, I just say no. If they ask me, do you have a, do you have a, have you ever been convicted of a crime you haven't been parted from, right? It's nothing big from when I was younger, but I was 18 and I just lie. Nothing happens anymore. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, if they catch you in a lie, then you're really in trouble. But the point is, I mean, uh, you're saying they're not checking here. So honesty ain't the best policy. That's the point. <laughs> yeah, I almost missed the flight to Vegas. I was sitting in the, secondary check for so long on the way to Vegas and I was being honest and they, uh, I, I can't remember if they ended up finding it that time or not. And they were like, you know what? Just go through. And then <laughs> I went through and they ended up losing my friggin' luggage. <laughs> so I had to, they gave me like 50 bucks or whatever. I had to buy a t-shirt in Vegas and just wear a t-shirt for like two days. in Vegas. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. the greatest indignity of all. Hey, listen, that's a great call. I appreciate you making it. I want to grab Mike and Alliston next here on the Oakley show, 640 Toronto. Hey, Mike, what's your story? Hey, Johnny. Hey. I used to cross uh, the border basically two, three times every year for a bunch of years. And then shortly after Trump got in, he tightened up the borders. I think he was mainly after the Southern border, but it kind of worked its way up here. Anyway, long story short, I uh, went to cross one afternoon at about three in the afternoon. They hauled me inside seven interviews later and midnight. They told me, uh, don't ever come back. You're banned for life. And I asked them uh, like, why? And they said, you're part of a motorcycle club and uh, you're considered domestic terrorist or organized crime. Wow. I have no criminal record, no criminal record. And uh, used to cross freely all the time. And uh, that's where you go. It's arbitrary. They don't care, man. Well, yeah, you're right. They, they got the ever, power of God. They said, if I show up at a border crossing again, a U.S. border crossing, you'll be arrested immediately. Go figure, eh? Well, how do they know that you're a member of this operation? 
I would assume their law enforcement in Ontario shares the information with everybody. Yeah. They yeah. watch us everywhere we go. I hear you. All right. Well, uh, I don't know what to say. You can't get that expunged. Did you take legal advice and try to try that route? Yeah, they basically said, uh, good luck to you. Like, you give us a lot of money, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, well, at you're, least... You're, you're, you're euchred on that one. I mean, for me, I, I don't feel that, but I'm 63, right? So uh, I've been a zillion times. I don't need to go anymore. But, man, if I was, like, 25, I'd probably be pissed. <laughs> I would think. But you know what you do. You fly to Mexico, and then you come up through the southern border because nobody's checking. That's a, probably a pretty good idea. Could probably get away with that one. <laughs> well, now I'm loath to even. That, yeah, geez, I, I give you this information. They're going to flag me now, aiding and abetting. Honest <laughs> to God, counseling. I'm, yeah, I'm in yeah. trouble. Sorry about that, Johnny. <laughs> okay, Mike, I can hear the remorse in your voice, but I appreciate the call from Alliston. You stay well. Uh, let's go to Bob on the road. Bob's on the road. Hey, we're in the studio. How are you doing, Bobby? Good, good. Uh, it's a day that almost borders on perfection, Johnny. Whoa. All right. Well, keep her going then. So uh, I'm at Pearson Airport a few years back, and on my way to the U.S., and uh the, I present my uh, Nexus card, my passport, and uh, the guy asked me two questions. Were you ever part of a motorcycle gang in Texas? And did you ever commit a murder in New Jersey? <laughs> and you said yes. What's the problem? Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, I have a, and I have a common last name similar to Jones. Oh, yeah? Are you talking about uh, the reverend who, uh, with the Kool-Aid down there in Guyana? Uh, well, I've never drank, drank the Kool-Aid, but yeah, something like that. And then to tie in with your other caller, both, uh, under first airborne, I was on my way to a memorial service at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I get to the main gate there. They just escalate Homeland Security to another level. And they said, we don't care if you have an invitation from the base commander, we're turning you away. Well, I refuse to go. Eventually they changed their mind, but... What a great day that was. Listen, let's back up for a second. They conf confused you for a one percenter from Texas who killed a guy in Jersey. And I've got a retired police badge with photo ID. Right. But they didn't accept that. I mean, you can't even nope. argue with them or. No, no, no. Wow. Who they, they were more they were more concerned about an apple my wife had than what they were in processing us to get through. <laughs> well, did he ask, where'd she get the apple? Uh, how do you mean they were more... Yeah. <laughs> the apple killed a guy in Jersey. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was a razor blade in the apple. Anyway. Wow. They confiscated the apple, and yet the guy, <laughs> just on a funnier note, is my wife a recipe for some sort of apple cake his wife makes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it leads you to wonder, who the hell is manning these outposts? I mean, how do they hire these people? It's like super troopers. It is. It basically yeah. is. It's yeah. a tragic comedy is what it is. All right. Well, uh, hey, Bob, I appreciate you sharing that story with us. Hey, Brandon, good afternoon, and welcome to the Oakley Show. Hey, great day for Talk Radio. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah, so uh, I was uh, flying back from, um, I guess, Barbados, and uh, I was on the plane, and I used to get stopped. But I think this is the reason why uh, we were about to land and they hand out everyone the, the declaration forms. And I think maybe I had a you know a bottle of booze from Duty Free and a couple of T-shirts, something like that. But I was like, ah, I just write zero. And then the local, the guy behind me goes, looks over, he sees me, write zero, goes, well, don't write that. You got to write something. You got to write something or else they're going to stop you. So, oh, 
okay, <laughs> that. I think I wrote 55 bucks and yeah, walked through and not, didn't even stop the whole way through. <laughs> Wait a minute, coming back into Canada or going into, Bar- I guess, Barbados? Coming back, coming back. Coming back, coming back. yeah. Okay, yeah. well, so they told you to declare fictional items, like I've got a unicorn in my backpack. <laughs> yeah, just uh, one of the one of the local guys from Barbados, I guess, that was coming back, and he just saw the advice. Oh, don't don't write zero, write something. Right. Yeah, They'll you never know, believe zero. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I mean, then again, Canadians can be honest to a fault. I would say you're right about that because you've got clearance up to uh, what is it, seven eight hundred bucks now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. Good. Good lesson. Zero is don't be too honest. It's cast you into suspicion. Uh, great point, Brandon. Thanks for making it. I appreciate it. Uh, let me get Rob on the road right now here on the Oakley Show, 640 Toronto. Rob, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Great day for talk radio. Yes, sir. So I had uh, the first time I came back from Europe, I got, uh, we landed in uh, Montreal and I got pulled into sec- uh, secondary. I was like 17 years old and I had no idea why I'm getting pulled in. And as I'm walking down the hallway to either the, you know, thanks for flying or can you come over here real quick, I look at my card and the guard had circled, potentially has weapons and firearms on me. And I was thinking, what's going on here? And I realized at that moment, I'm wearing an American Airborne, 101st Airborne hat. So they just immediately said, well, let's check and see what this guy has. And uh, didn't have anything. Fast forward a decade later, I'm coming back from Europe again, but this time I have a 28-inch sawback bayonet (laughs) in my checked luggage. (laughs) So I checked on my declare card because I'm a good, honest person that I have weapons. (laughs) And I get to the first guard, and he says, what do you have? And I go, a bayonet. And he goes, huh, go talk to this guy. So I go talk to the other guy. He goes, what do you have? And I said, well, it's a bayonet. He goes, huh. Okay, so I carry on down the hallway, and I get to the area where they either say, right this way, sir, or thanks for flying Air Canada. And he looks at my card, and he goes, you got a bayonet? And I said, yes, sir. (laughs) Is it it fixed, or is it collapsible? And I said, it's fixed. And he goes, okay, have a nice day. I was walking around the airport with a 30-inch blade in in my check bag for probably half an hour. Wow. And I just walked out the door, but yet 101st Airborne hat, they go, oh, this guy's got something up his sleeve. Wow. But it was in Montreal. Is it possible it was just a misunderstanding? Maybe they thought it was baguette. It was a baguette. <laughs> no, no, the bayonet was when I flew directly into Pearson. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. So no language issue there. But no. Yeah, so since then, no problems. I just don't understand it. I got the green sticker on my passport, and I keep it on there just in case. Yeah, well, so you don't want to be coming into this country with a red MAGA hat. No, but a bayonet's <laughs> perfectly fine, evidently. There you go. All right, well, we got our priorities straight. Uh, God bless yeah. the people who are manning the ramparts. What uh, is that, the Pillsbury <laughs> Doughboys Army? Men, affix baguettes! <laughs> All right, Robbie, appreciate it. Thanks for the call. There you have it. Flagged at the border, who knew there were so many stories in the naked city? Sadly, it appears we could do this for several hours, if if necessary. <laughs> That's not sad. That's just, you keep that in the hopper for a rainy day, my friend. Uh, do you know a scumbag? Tell him to turn on the radio. <laughs> right. Give him the number. Put us on speed dial. Scumbag dial. Uh, we'll have a dedicated line. Fair enough. <laughs> 
listen to The John Oakley Show live each weekday afternoon from 3 until 6. If you live in the Toronto area, just turn that AM dial to 640 and listen anywhere on Earth 24 hours a day by going to 640toronto.com. Follow on Twitter at AM640Oakley. You've been listening to A Curious Cast. New podcasts and shows are debuting all the time. So check back often to see what's new in the Curious Cast Library.